Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have a really great guest today. His name is Ken Honda. He's the author of a book called Happy Money. He's known as the Zen Millionaire. He's the best-selling author of Happy Money. Uh, it's the Japanese art of making peace with your money, published by Simon & Schuster. Uh, his books have sold more than 8 million copies internationally. And Ken regularly gives seminars to audiences, reaching up to, wow, 500,000 people all over the world. So we're going to go over uh, some tips and tricks and thoughts from Ken about money, because obviously he's, uh, he's deep into the subject. So Ken, thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I've listened to some of the episodes and Richard, you're so good at um, pulling out the best from them. Well, good. Hopefully if I can get you with uh, at least one good question, I'll be happy. So <laughs> we'll see. I'll try. But um, right. Thank you. Tell me, tell me a bit about your life. Like, How did you get to be concerned about the happiness of money and, and to write this book that you wrote? Like, What's your background? So my short story is my father was a very successful accountant in Japan and he gave me all the interesting education about finances and money and psychology when I was, uh, since I was small. But uh, because of um, his best friend's suicide, he started uh, to slip into depression. And um, I, I started my quest for happiness and money since I was probably like nine or 10, nine or 10. And I started my own consulting firm um, in my early 20s. And uh, I, I ended up having baby and my wife and I decided to have a four-year semi-retirement. And during the four-year happy retirement, semi-retirement for a baby girl, I had this vision of writing on happiness and money, which I did. And I started um, giving away my booklets and uh, by the time I gave away uh, 100,000 copies, physical copies, a publisher called me just, it's just about 20 years ago. And I started writing books and I have published more than 200 books and sold 8 million copies, mostly on happiness and money. Wow. So already I could see that you're very different. So you gave away 100,000 books and <laughs> yes. most people would think, oh, I'm going to be an author and make all this money from people buying my book, but instead you gave away. <laughs> exactly, know, Richard. What so, is the magnitude <laughs> I lost money by giving away so many uh, copies, but I was so happy. So um, uh, instead of becoming a best-selling author, I became a best-giving author. And what did you notice from doing that when you gave these books away? How did the experience come back to you or did it? You know, I was curious uh, because a lot of people say, what you give, you will receive. And so I just couldn't stop my curiosity. If I keep giving away, um, what would I get? <laughs> you know? And then, um, uh, by the way, I, I ended up giving away 2.3 million booklet, booklets that cost me about roughly about 2.5 million US dollars. 
So you spend I, that much money? That's crazy! Wow. Yeah. So I lost two point five million dollars, but for book royalties, I gained back more than ten million U.S. dollars because I huh. sold eight million copies. So I think the law is the law of giving、uh, giving and receiving is wrong because more you give, a lot more you receive. That's great. Yeah, that's amazing.、Um, also, too, the、um, you know the concept of writing a book about happiness and money. Mm-hmm. You know, from what I hear from most people, is they 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 seem to think, oh, if I make all this money, then I'll be happy. It seems、mm-hmm. like a a sequential type thing, but the way you're describing it is it's both at the same time, or maybe there's an interplay back and forth. So it sounds like you think about happiness and money very differently right off the bat.、Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So I had this unique idea and philosophy. I've I've learned from the best, as you said.、Um, I've learned from. Wahei Takeda, who's called Warren Buffett of Japan, and、uh, he was one of the wealthiest、um, individual in Japan, and、um, he gave me all the deep philosophy that he had about attracting wealth and happiness. Oh, well, so I don't know if it's in the book or not, but what what are some of the I don't know what were some of the most surprising tips that he gave you in your interaction with him? Yeah, so I was in a long line, long queue. Before I had uh, uh, just a you know fifteen f- second chat with him, just imagine yourself that you're in line、uh, to meet Warren Buffett for fifteen seconds, and I、hmm. had、uh, one question,、uh, Mr. Takeda, what is the secret of money? And、uh, he smiled and said, "Just arigato your money," and then I got pushed away from from the person in the back. And、uh, got this. I'm, I'm left with this mystery. I did not tell you money, which means appreciating your money. And I wanted to get some more practical tips. <laughs> and a few months later, I had another opportunity to sit down with him for an hour. So he took me deep into this Zen philosophy. And appreciating money is much much deeper than I thought. By receiving money with appreciation and by giving away. Or paying bills with money, with、uh, paying money with appreciation, you start this cycle of appreciation. By doing so, instead of focusing on money worries and money frustrations, you start this appreciation、uh, in your heart. So,、hmm. by being appreciative, the whole perspective of life changes. So you start appreciating your boss, your colleagues, and clients, and they feel it too. So a lot of my students, after teaching this technique, A lot of their income increased. So, what, what practically though, on a day to day, what does that mean? You're appreciating money itself, or your money, or you know your ability to spend it and buy things, or the、uh-huh. happiness it brings. I mean, right? It can、for、mean example, many things, I guess. Yes, yes. So, for example, when you receive money from a client, client, can you appreciate him or her in a deep way? I divided my clients into two category. One, I didn't do anything. The other. I gave just a little thing like a, a, a Japanese tea, coffee, a book. You know that, that doesn't go over a ten dollar budget. But look what happened six months later. From the group number one,、uh, which I didn't do anything, I got some referrals, but not much. But the group that I brought some gifts to appreciate the business with me, I got so many referrals. And then I realized that the more appreciation I, I show. The more referrals I got, and I have、um, many hundreds of stories like that to show that appreciation works in our relationships. Because 
when you appreciate it, you want to show your appreciation too. That's how it works. Yeah. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click Support Us today. Now, back to the show. You know, I've heard of, I guess, the law of reciprocity, like Robert Cialdini, yeah. you know, his book, uh, you know, talked about the law of reciprocity, but does it have to be money that you give someone or a, again, a gift embodies money used to buy it? Maybe you could also do a service and you, know, you help pick up a friend or take them somewhere or clean their house, whatever it be, you know, bring them groceries. So where does money fit into this law of reciprocity and why it, uh, you know, you get back more than you give and you get back positive things when you give? How do the two work together? So money is the same thing. Money is energy. So when you receive money, people thank you for that. And then just imagine when you pay somebody, like at the restaurant or somebody that who worked for you, uh, you appreciate the poor giving great service. And just you say, you know, come back again. I want to just keep using your service. And they'll appreciate you back. So out of many clients, you know, I made a, my personal rule. I want to be uh, their favorite client. So whatever happens, they just cho uh, choose me out of all the other happy clients. So, you know, when, whenever I have some trouble with my roof, for example, a guy who is working in our retreat center, the constructor, he, he came within an hour, you know. So when you have a, a relationships, people respect you most. So I have good, very good relationships with everybody in my private life and also my public life. So I get treated like royal family because I treat them like that. So we have a very, very good and deep relationship. So uh, by uh, keeping that kind of relationship, I think your success will be based on and, and you can build a big castle on the big foundation. Hmm. As you were talking, you know, I guess, unfortunately, I went to like a negative form of money-based reciprocity, which would be a bribe. So like uh, from your perspective and point of view, why doesn't the bribe work as well as true, open-hearted and, you know, with good intention gifting or giving mm -hmm. of money or time or service? Because bribe works on greed. So say you get $5,000, you know, in return for order uh, giving some construction uh, gig or something, you know, to a, a, a local company. So they get greedy, uh, you, uh, the bureaucrats get greedy. And then, you know, instead of, uh, instead of 5,000, how about 7,000? And then somewhere, uh, breaking point, uh, their relationship fall, fall apart. So greed, uh, really any relationships based on greed does not last forever. But if the relationships based on appreciation, the bond is very strong. Okay. And what if someone says to you, Ken, you know, I love your advice. I love your book, but I, I, I barely can make ends meet. How can mm -hmm. I still, you know, get recipro reciprocity? How can I still be giving to people and, and get this, you know, good karma back? 
whatever you want to mm. call it, but mm. maybe without yes. money or with a minimal amount of money, what can I do? Richard, you're asking me very good questions. Actually, I get asked these questions a lot. I talk about my one of my students who is um, who used to be secretary at a small company, and she was complaining about her boss for not paying uh, her good salary. But after learning about this psychology, she realized that she is not appreciating her boss. And by the way, money problems come from making too little or spending too much. And her, for her, making too little is a source of the problem. And after appreciating her boss for a while, a few months later, her boss realized that he forgot to show her his appreciation. So he ended up giving her a big bonus and a big raise. I have so many testimonials around that and uh, uh, stories to back up for getting a better job by appreciating. So I understand your situation right now, but you have to look at yourself. Why, why do you end up being like that? Maybe you're spending too much money on something that you don't even use, or you're making too little because you haven't really given good service to a society. So I feel like if you're not making good money, you have to change your jobs. We have to change the way you work. So if you just keep working good quality, um, I think at the beginning of the uh, show, um, it was very interesting. Did, did you say like 25% or 50% are doing okay in any profession? And I agree with oh, you. It's actually 95% nine, of people, in my experience, are so just okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you're doing okay job as a cleaner, as a as an accountant or whatever the occupation, you're not getting paid well unless you go and do go extra mile and serve other people in a big way. You can get financial uh, rewards. So uh, it, the fact that you're not getting paid well, you have to confront yourself. Why have I not given enough to other people? And this is what I get. So you have to reconstruct your life and, and you have to find your gift. Uh, by the way, I have written at least 20 books on how to find your gifts and monetize your gifts. Gifts meaning, oh, nice. yeah, if you're good at selling, good at talking, good at writing, something that you're good at doing compared to other people. If you come up with your gifts and use them well, uh, you're going to get promoted or you're going to get paid more at least. So by moving up the ladder like that, you will have no money problems. What, what have you noticed about people psychologically if they are barely making ends meet and then as they start to be okay and make ends meet and then as they start to have surplus and then they start to have abundance? Mm -hmm. Is there a correlation as to what happens to people or can they go multiple paths? Like what yes. have you observed? Yeah. So in general, people tend to spend more money if they get a raise. So you get stuck in the rut race for getting more money, spending more money, getting more money and spending more money. So your toys are getting bigger. You may want two cars instead of one. You may have, you may want uh, three cars instead of two, two more houses or a vacation house and exotic uh, resorts, you know, and the price gets higher. So unless you understand this mechanism, start spending less, you're going to have a hard time making both ends meet anyway. I think it's very North American way of life. Uh, you, you borrow money on credit card and just keep spending. But look at all the gadgets and stuff in your house. 
how much of the uh, that it could have been okay without buying them, <laughs> a lot of them. So uh, if you just confront yourself, uh, have you raised your standard of living as you raise your salary or a fee? So unless you, you under, understand this mechanism and greed and this urge to spend more money, you cannot make both ends meet, no matter how much money you make. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, um, I've been at the point where, again, I, I barely had any money and somehow I was fine and happy. And then as I get older, I made more money and I didn't seem to be much happier. <laughs> so there doesn't seem to be a correlation in terms of how much money you make and how happy you are. And I know yeah. there's like studies that show, oh, you know, anything above 70,000 a year, there seems to be no increase in happiness. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> I you know, like what, what have you observed that it's, it's kind of paradoxical? Again, the more money that people make uh, doesn't right. seem to increase their happiness after a certain point. Right. So if your income exceeds about 200,000 US dollars, you get to experience a lot of money related stress too. You know, you may get sued by a client, so you may fi- get fired from a company and your bills um, are likely to be higher than other people. And you dine at uh, better restaurants and, and you, you are probably driving better, bigger cars. So actually, even if you make a lot of money, the cost of living is so high, so you feel pinched. So uh, that's why more money could sometimes uh, stress you out. Uh, an acquaintance of mine was complaining about uh, the huge bill for private jets, you know, so he doesn't feel like flying. <laughs> so I, I told him, get rid of your private jet. And he, he, and he said, no, 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 I love my jets. So, you know, your toys are getting bigger and more expensive to maintain. So you have to respect uh, more about Zen philosophy, like finding happiness in a small world. Otherwise, the bigger, the better will just bankrupt you. Yeah. It also seems like, too, um, you know, I remember I was working as an engineer for a while out of college, and I thought about going to graduate school. And I was making, I think, I don't know, 50000 a year as an engineer. And graduate school was going to pay a stipend of, I believe, uh, like 15000 a year. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's a lot less. I don't know if I can live on that. And, you know, I, I don't know if I made the right decision, but I chose to keep working. So I just mm-hmm. felt like that was maybe too much of a step down. But, you know, at certain points I do, I don't know, maybe I regret it or I just think about it that, you know, some of these choices around money are very difficult. and Money can have a big hold on you. Once you get established with it. Yes. I hope anybody on this planet will make a decision, not based on money, but based on what you love to do. But uh, we are so restrained by money related stress. So uh, you have to really figure out what you really want to do in your life. Otherwise, money will control you. Mm. Yeah. Money guided my decisions, you know, for quite a long time. I try not to let it do so today, but I mean, it, it, it definitely still has a significant voice in what I do and don't do, unfortunately. And I wish I could be freer. And I would guess a lot of people maybe feel the same way. Yes. Yes, I understand that. So by uh, understanding about money and how emotionally uh, influenced by money is my favorite topic. So I've been writing so many books on how to balance your life. And otherwise, you can fo- focus on what's most important for you. Uh, for me, it was my family. So in my um, late 20s and early 30s, that's why I could focus on child raising for the first four years of a very critical life. And uh, later on, 
I get I got back to my、uh, real work. But those four special years are so important in my memories. So、um, I hope you won't be affected by money-related stress and make stupid decisions, and later、uh, you you may regret them. So、um, always you have to listen to your heart and, and listen to what your heart is telling you.、Mm. Yeah, I do feel like、um, maybe my attitude has improved somewhat in that I don't care. Nearly as much for material things, you know, a new,、mm-hmm. a fancy car or whatever.、Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've often said to friends recently, you know, I, I have all the food I could ever eat. I have a car; it works. I have clothes. I don't need anything. Right、But、now, with money, I see it as a way to have experiences for myself and my family. So, I feel like I've at least gotten in a better mental state around it. But I haven't gotten to the point where I'm totally free and I don't worry about it anymore. And I,、mm-hmm. you know, just live like a totally free life.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, financial freedom is an inter- interesting and tricky thing because you need to have some money. At the same time, you have to be emotionally free.、Uh, for example, I achieve、uh, my emotional financial independence when I realize I have more than fifty friends who let me stay for more than one week. So this realization was so big. So instead of making millions of dollars, I realized that if I have more than fifty friends, I can rely on. I can go to my friend number one for the first week and、uh, friend number two for the second week, and after s-、uh, spending with my fifty friends, I can go back to my friend number one and just long time no see. <laughs> you know how are you doing? Can I stay with you for another week? And by doing that, I don't have to spend any money, and、uh, I can rely on my friends. And the, this realization really set me free. So just imagine you'll be supported no matter what by your friends and family members. You don't have to work anymore, and so that is a basics and also a, a safety net that you can have instead of、um, saving and investing on your own. You'll be. I don't know if there's a name for this phenomenon, but again, what if you if you said I'm going to take a month or two months, or if you have enough friends, six months, and、mm-hmm. you're going to travel around and visit them all. And、mm-hmm. stay with each of them for you know a day or a week or whatever it is. Like it'll be a really cool experience because you get to hang out with you know friends you've had throughout your life, where they live, in their life, and maybe save money doing it. And again,、mm-hmm. have this great experience and connect with people.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, is there an, is there a name for such a thing? Or <laughs> I don't know if there's a name, but、uh, since I talked about this, a lot of people, at least a few thousand people, have been starting doing that after reading my books and all that. And I, I'm really excited that once in a while they sent me an email saying I'm in Bangkok, I'm in India, I'm in Africa, just staying with my friends. And wow, you know that sounds fun. So I I hope people、uh, feel less stress around money. Otherwise, you know, just um uh, uh, saving for a rainy day is such a sad idea because、uh, on rainy days. Uh, your friends,、uh, the, you have no friends, right? So、um, one of the reasons that why I don't have any money worries is that I feel that、um, when I fall, my friends will make sure that I will not fall alone. So I'm convinced that they're gonna come and help me. So if you have、uh, strong relationships like that, friends and family members, you feel okay, and then you can focus on giving more. So the irony is that. If you're less afraid and just go out there and just、uh, focusing on giving, you receive more. 
But if you stay worried about money and then get stuck and got mobilized, you know, um, got like frozen, you cannot focus on giving. As a result, you don't get so much. And as a result, you feel stuck and then you are hiding in your, in your house, uh, not uh, try not to spend money. But if your attitude is like that, you will have less friends and, and more worries. So you have to turn your life around somewhere. Mm. Well, I've heard, I mean, you're probably very aware of this, I would guess, but loneliness seems to be a gigantic epidemic around the world. Yes. How does loneliness merge with money behavior and with what we just talked about, you know, knowing that you have, what if you don't have friends? What if you only have one? Therefore, you don't have that, uh, that security that, oh, if things don't go well, I can rely on my friend. What do you do? Yes. So uh, you're asking me so many great questions and so important because uh, some of the listeners are like that. And so just you have to look at yourself, look at your life. Why do you have, uh, why you, why you don't have many friends? So I guess you didn't respect your friendships uh, or relationships. And also you didn't honor this um, energy around your life. So you have to go out there and even online to start associating with other people. Unless you create new relationships, you'll be left alone. And it's scary and they may not like you. They may not accept you as who you are, but you have to take a risk. And it's the same risk that we took as a kindergarten child or the first grade or the seventh grade or whatever the grade. But oh, this is always scary when you start something new. So if you have no friends, you have to go out there and start making new ones. Yeah, well, I mean, true. Well, I mean, some people, maybe they're, uh, you know, they feel socially awkward or anxious and therefore it's hard for them to make friends. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I know, well, anyway, it's a big topic. I guess there, uh, probably a real simple question is, uh, you know, there's this, this old saying, money can't buy happiness. Uh, what are your thoughts around that old saying? Of course, money cannot buy happiness, but money can leave out a lot of money-related stress. So if you have not much money, you have to do so many more things. For example, if you go to your friend's house a hundred miles away, you can go hitchhike or you can drive your own car. And you can probably get there by hitchhike, but you don't know how many hours. But having money and enough money to own a car that cuts out a lot of money related stress. So, and also when you have enough money, you can buy an airplane ticket or, you know, you, the options of, you have more options. So more money means more options, but that doesn't necessarily mean you can buy happiness. But uh, if you have good tricks, you can use money to get love too. You know, if you have um, uh, more money, uh, there are many ways to entertain or, or, or to at least impress and also show love to the person that um, you want to take them out for a date. So probably you have a better chance of getting a happier relationship if you have more money. But if you don't play cards well, more money could uh, cause you many problems too. But uh, if you know the rules, more money, not super more money, you know, a little, little bit more money can help you find better ways to do. So I don't, I'm not saying money can buy happiness, but money can be very convenient is what I would say. Hmm. I guess it could be really tricky if it's not done right, but what, 
you know, have you thought about um, people forming small groups and they pool their money for certain things they couldn't afford on their own? Right. So this、uh, sharing economy is、uh, like a big example. When we pull a car and somewhere, and then there's a service that with your iPhone, you、uh, make a reservation, and then you you can use your community car. So I think it's it's more cost effective that way. You could probably own a computer, you could own something else. So in the future, in coming years,、uh, there will be a lot of this share service, like Uber and also Airbnb are basically. The same business model that you don't own, you don't need to own a, a car, or you, you don't need to own a vacation rental, a vacation house. So instead, you can rent them. So, in a sense, you can you can co-own things. And but when you take a look at our planet, it's exactly the same. We don't own it. We kind of borrow it you know, from the planet, and、uh, we have to return it. And so, when you take a look. At your life in a long range, you borrow something and then you have to give them back when you die. So, owning something is very interesting. So,、uh, if you focus on that, you can have you may have more options if you want to own it or if you want to rent it. It's your life, so you have to think think it hard and how you want to play it. That's true. I mean, you know, I've, I've thought about this just a little bit, but you know, we live in a house that we like. But someday we'll be gone, and the house will go to someone else. It'll still be a house that will serve them. But you know, we, you you can own nothing forever, I guess. So if we if we think about that more often, maybe we'll change our behaviors in a better way.、Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we have very limited time on this planet. So however you want to play, you can decide. But unfortunately,、uh, we feel like nobody taught us rules of money, rules of life, rules of work. Rules of relationships, so you have to come up with what you need to learn, and also start learning. Otherwise, you stay lost in the field of money or relationships or work or peace of mind. Those important things are not taught in schools and also not taught at home. So you have to start learning on your own. Have you thought? Do you think there's a need for you to create or someone to create a money school or a money and happiness school? Or course, or maybe you have already. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I I do have some, and also I have taught this、um, correspondent courses online. Now it's online. More than a hundred thousand people have learned it、um, from me in Japan. So we're doing similar things in English too. So because nobody, if nobody's teaching it, I can teach people how to find happiness and how to transform their relationships. With money into a happy ones, and、uh, you have to know it's not a, a rocket science. You know, it's just a basic understanding of how our mind works. For example,、uh, when you focus on、uh, money worries, you have to change your focus to appreciation. When you worry about money, just donate some money. Could be a quarter or a dollar in a you know at the supermarket. Just put your money in in a little box. By doing that. You feel good, and you realize that you have more than enough. So this feeling that you have more than enough is super important, because that feeling will lift you up and change your focus on happiness instead of worries. So tips like that can really transform your life. Again, I don't mean to be unfriendly, so I'm not saying this myself. But、mm-hmm. have you had someone say, "Oh, well, Ken, you have all this money, so it's easy for you to give it away." But what、mm-hmm. about people that don't have much? You know, like. 
sure you've heard that comment and how did you respond? So, so if you feel like you don't have money, just donate 10 cents. That will not affect your budget. So the concept is just start giving, giving away something from you. And that attitude changes everything. So this uh, poverty consciousness that you may have about uh, if you just give away money, you will lose. That is the reason why you are uh, in this uh, situation. So if you're more giving, people give you back. If you're more generous, people will respect you. So I understand about the situation, but it's not permanent. It's temporary. I have interviewed many millionaires and billionaires, and they have been in this no money situation so many times, but their attitude is always giving and giving and giving. That's why they could turn uh, their life around. So if you just keep complaining that I don't have enough, uh, that is exactly the reason why you put yourself in in the situation. So if you feel like you don't have much, um, donate 10 cents or quarter. Um, you don't have to be a millionaire to do that. So that uh, attitude change has to happen in order to turn your life around. And uh, it's just as simple as that. And I'm not just saying that you sh- you have to believe me, but uh, just for for a game, just give it a try, and you might feel a little different. Yeah, I know that's a, a, a nice baby step that anyone can take. I like that. Um, what about if you go overboard? If you're too nice to somebody and it backfires on you. I've, I, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or whatever, but I, I feel like I've made that actual mistake with mm-hmm. people. So I, I help, but I don't help quite as much as I used to, and it seems to work better. I, I'm yes. sad about it, but that's what I've noticed. Yes. So I think it's uh, like an, a good example is if you give uh, money to an alcoholics, instead of trying to get their life back, they, they go out and, and buy some alcohol, right? That is uh, like an assumption you have. It may, it may be true, may not. The people who are in this uh, terrible situation, there is this reason why they just got into this mess. So even if you try to help somebody, if they're not willing to get out of the mess, they will stay the same. So your helping doesn't, doesn't really help. So you have to understand about helping too. What helps, what doesn't. Unless you know the, the difference, you feel wasted or you feel used or you feel taken advantage of by the people that you try to help. So if you're not in the right healthy mode, you may create a codependent relationships with those people who are making you feel guilty. And they are, they, some of them are very good manipulators. So they may try to manipulate you into helping them. So you have to understand um, what works and what not. And, and otherwise, you feel resentful or they feel resentful for, for your helping. And, and, and you feel like, what? I was trying to help. Why do they get upset? But that's how human mind works. And you have to understand that. Uh, what about guilt surrounding money that you have or you don't have or mm-hmm. money that you've deployed in a good way or didn't deploy or gave or didn't give? Like, how does guilt factor into all this? Right. So guilt is an interesting thing and also shame. You know, money pulls out a lot of emotions. Money can pull out the best and the worst from you. So a lot of people feel shame, shameful for not making both ends meet, uh, for being in debt, for um, being lost around money. And they feel guilt because they 
they feel unworthy to receive money, or they feel bad about getting money from their parents or, or grandparents, and、uh, they're not earned money, so they feel like they're guilty because they shouldn't have the money. So there are a lot of emotions around them, and unless that you heal those emotions, you cannot be comfortable with money. So. I hope you take a look at of what kind of emotions you have around money, and then start healing them. Otherwise, you feel so guilty around around money, so you don't want to touch the money. And if you don't pay attention to what's going on financially, you're going to end up in a big mess. So you have to really pay good attention to money. And、uh, yeah, just last last question, Duken. Thank you for being so generous with your time so far. Yeah, what kind of feedback have you gotten from people that read your books or that have taken your courses? And the feedback like touched your heart. It made、ah, you、okay. feel like, wow,、mm-hmm. that's that's amazing. Yeah. So、uh, the most comment I get is, Ken, I've never thought about money this way. So I can offer、uh, different perspectives on money and life. If you take a look at money as energy, what kind of energy do you want to have in your life? By if you create money by doing what you love, money can be a lot of fun because、uh, your fun energy creates more fun money back to your life. And if you start spending money with、uh, happiness,、uh, your your money becomes happy money, which is my book Happy Money is all about. So by understanding how money works in in real life, I'm not. This is not a spiritual book. This is a practical book. Um, you can transform your relationship with money. So I'm when I wake up in the morning, I'm showered with、uh, so many emails saying, telling me、uh, in different languages, "Can you、uh, change my life?" And I'm so grateful and honored to be able to touch your life that way. So that is、uh, why I'm doing this my work, and、uh, I'm so happy to share my ideas because all the ideas I've learned from my mentors. So now I'm passing、uh, the wisdom to you, so you can use them, and and you don't have to pay me anything. The, the very very simple thing is, arigato your money, appreciate your money, and just see what happens. It doesn't cost you anything, so give、mm. it a try. <laughs> okay, very good. Well,、yep. uh, can uh, so people can get the the new book Happy Money, but、mm-hmm. since you've written two hundred plus books,、um, <laughs> what are what are some pathways so people have listened to this interview? They want to take the next step. Should that、uh-huh. be getting the Happy Money book, or are there different pathways depending on where someone's at, where、right. they should read a different book of yours instead? Right. Thank you. But unfortunately, I have only one book in English, so you can find all the information at kenhonda dot com. I have my online courses, and Mind Valley offers a money EQ course、uh, that I taught teach, and、uh, I started this community called Arigato Living Community. It's about what we learn about happy money and how to find your gifts and how to monetize them、uh, every month. So that's what we do. So I hope、uh, I I will see you in person. Very good. Well, Ken, this has been a great call, and、uh, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Richard. You've been asking me so many great questions, and I hope one day you feel money is your becomes your friend. So I'm sending you all my love and appreciation <laughs> to all the listeners, and especially to you, Richard. Thank you. For having me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Excellent. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius podcast with Richard Jacobs. 
If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.